Well, welcome back to a special bonus episode of Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula, where we're thrilled to have you join us for this exclusive follow-up conversation with our recent guest, Ganesh, who tuned in with us from Texas. He is an author and engineer. If you tuned into our previous episode, you already know that Ganesh shared some incredible insights and stories that left us, well, certainly left me wanting more. If you have not tuned into the previous episode, Ganesh and I invite you to do so. In this bonus episode, we're diving deeper into the topics we discussed with Ganesh. We're putting the spotlight on a couple of further questions that I like to ask my guests. Whether you're a long-time listener or just joining us for the first time, this episode promises to be a thought-provoking continuation of our previous conversation. So without further ado, let's get right into it as we continue our journey of discovery with Ganesh. I know something that you've, you've mentioned is a topic that you love to talk about, really, and that is how science and faith can coexist. Correct. I'm interested to know your thoughts on that. So I'll go back to a little bit of history. And yeah. Dr. Stephen Meyer is, is probably the leading expert in the world on this. I looked at the how uh, science came about to begin with. Right? Because we were not always scientists in the sense we think of today. Technology has never not grown the way it has grown forever. It's only been in the recent uh, maybe few hundred years that there's been a dramatic growth in knowledge and uh, science, scientific-based approaches. Part of it is people, it started with a Judeo-Christian mindset, right? And uh, what Newton, when he wrote his uh, Principia Mathematica and others were look, looking at is they wanted to understand the mind of God. Right. And since they understood God to be intelligent, they were looking for intelligence in his creation. And so they expected the nature around us to be intelligible. It could be explored with intelligence, brains, questions. Everyone's surprised and nobody understands why this is the case. You can describe nature with math. Why is that? Right. And so uh, because I think it's a product of an intelligent mind, which is God. Uh, I think uh, since that was the beginnings of science, not only they expected nature to be intelligible, but they also realized that we are sinners and we tend to exaggerate stuff or look at stuff which uh, glorifies us. And so they developed a scientific method. And this method was you had, it, it wasn't dependent on any one person. Anyone could do the experiment. Anyone could reproduce the results. It needs to, it's independent of the observer, who, who the person is. It's not subjective. It's objective in nature, right? So those were some underpinnings of science as it started off. Now, I started as an atheist and a scientist. And so for me, things needed to be rational. It needed to make sense. It needed to be consistent with reality and not, not a reality I made up myself. Right. And so when I looked at it through a rational mind and I ran into the origin of the universe problem, the origin of life, uh, DNA, the DNA, uh, the, the language uh, of the DNA, these were all questions that I really struggled to see how outside of an intelligent mind we could, uh, we could have all of these. Right. So as an example, if we were to go to Mars, right, and there's questions, is there life on Mars? And let's say the first thing we find when we land on Mars is an iPhone, yes. right? Unless you're an Android person, so then it could be an Android. <laughs> but let's say it's an iPhone. Not only is it an iPhone, it's a functioning iPhone. It actually works. And we find there's a cellular network, right? Is that good evidence for life? 
I think so, because how is an iPhone going to get created on Mars without an intelligent designer to design the iPhone? Right now, our uh, what scientists look at is nothing as profound as an iPhone. All they want to see is, is there water on Mars? If there's water on Mars, maybe there was life. <laughs> but if you found an iPhone, then you say there's definitely life, right? Because it takes an intelligent designer to design this. So when you run into these problems and you see the level of complexity you see in nature, in especially in living organisms, say, where does this come from, right? And let's say it's random, right? So then everything to now is random. My brain cells are just electrons running around randomly. Why then do I believe in my thoughts that it has any foundation if all it is is random electrons bouncing around? So rationality itself assumes, I mean, where does rationality come from? Why do we expect things to be rational? And so again, it comes from a rational mind, I think. Otherwise, there's no reason for things to be rational. So as I, so I, I believe not only they can coexist, but I think uh, the scientific method is a great way to journey to God, right? Uh, there's two journeys, I think. One is a journey to God and it's a, one is a journey with God. And so uh, it's a great journey to God, but it's an even greater journey with God, right? Because now we're starting with the right first cause, the first creator, and we start understanding then the bigger questions we have around purpose and so on. So the, the journey with God is even more in, interesting than the one to God, but uh, certainly science, will, uh, I think, can take someone to God. Yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of people think very differently when it comes to uh, religion and faith and whether God does exist and science, right? And uh, Darwin's theory. And it's always very interesting. And again, I want to say to listeners, number one, your book is fantastic and it really gives you much food for thought and just be curious. And number two, to not close yourself off, you know, right. to really be curious about life and about everything and and just listen. And, and you know, sometimes uh, certainly, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me questions and Someone can always ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, or nobody really knows the answer to, right? Where I had to start being fair in a sense and honest with myself was to say, if not this worldview of God, right? If I looked at it from a different worldview, such as being an atheist, does it answer the question, right? So anyone can ask the question, but can we answer the question, right? So for example, one question I often get asked, and I'm not saying I have the perfect answer to it, is if there is God, why is there evil, right? So there are answers to it. You know, maybe next time we talk, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll do a short little episode, right? <laughs> so, but here is the question, right? If there isn't God, let's say, from that worldview, why is there evil, right? You still have to explain the origin of evil, the cause for evil, without without God, right? Yeah. So what I what I did as an atheist was I would ask the questions, but I didn't answer them through my worldview. I just asked questions. and uh, But I think it's important to chase the answers. And I think that leads us to truth. And uh, Jesus very famously said, I am the truth. So I think that we chase truth through engineering, science, music, art, any of these things, I think eventually leads to God. So what impact has faith had on your life? It's a great question. You know, um, when I first became a Christian, and this was in the year 2001, right? Yeah. So 22 years ago, I didn't come from a Christian background, didn't grow up in a Christian culture. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if the heavens would open up and I didn't know if... <laughs> 
<laughs> I would get anointed by the Holy Spirit. I don't. I mean, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know? So, so I just didn't know. So, at that instant in time, if you had asked me what had changed five minutes before and five minutes after, the answer was I don't know. Right? I, I've made a choice, and that's all I know at this point in time. If I look back and and use uh, five years and ten years and twenty years as a uh, more uh, the journey, right, and the timeline. I'd say everything has changed. I was always ambitious. I always wanted to do stuff. God didn't take away my hunger, but I think he repurposed them. I would say definitely as an atheist, the, what mattered to me was me, right? I was the center of the universe. It didn't change overnight, but I realized over time that the joy is worshiping the one who is the center of the universe. It, it wasn't about me. I wasn't called necessarily to prosperity and a lot of money and God never promised that, but uh, he promised joy. He promised a purpose, right? And in the big scheme of things, I think a joy and a purpose uh, is more important than money. Yes. Now, when I didn't have money, I can guarantee you that was the most <laughs> important thing, right? But uh, it's simply not... Uh, uh, can be the core of our lives, I think, right? So it's changed my hungers. It's changed my purpose. Jesus said, uh, love your God with all your heart and all your mind. And I looked at the word mind and said, wait, he wants me to think. And that led to my purpose to say, I want to think about the nature of God and understand the nature of God. And this is where I think there's an intersection with science, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not to, we're not called to check out our brains on our way into the church. We we're called to use our brains. And he said, "Love your neighbor as yourself." And we certainly love ourselves quite a bit, right? You know, I had asked myself the question: if uh, someone asked me which neighbor did you love as yourself, and in what way did you show that love, the answer would have been no one. I just loved myself. <laughs> right? I, yeah. And so I had to take that literally and say, he's really calling me to quit thinking about myself so much and change the focus of my life, right? And so I should have done it faster. So should all of us. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think it's more important to do it than to do it within a certain time frame necessarily. So, you know, that's, I would say, is what's changed. Yeah, right. Right. And so that's a a big question. It's like, oh, I don't love my next door neighbor like I love myself. <laughs> There's no in way. Fact, in fact, it's super annoying, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is a challenge to be a person of faith. Yeah. And, you know, Luke 9.23 talks about this. Jesus says, if you want to be with me, then deny yourself, carry your cross daily, and then follow me. One of the things he says in there is carry your cross daily, right? He didn't say it was a bed of roses. He's saying... It's carrying a cross. Every day is carrying a cross. But that's what it takes to follow me. And he doesn't say, you need to follow me. He says, count the cost. If you want to follow me, this is what it's going to take, right? And so when, you know, you're talking about the sense of ease that it gives us, part of that sense of ease, I think, comes from the fact that we know life is going to be hard on a daily basis. To some extent, we are called to embrace it. He's saying, carry that cross daily and follow me. He, he's not saying complain and moan and groan about it every day, right? And so that sense of ease comes from the fact that if it is hard, well, it is. He says it's full of trials and tribulations. That's normal, yes. right? And so I, the only uh, option I have then is to say, do I embrace it or do I complain about it? Right. right? Yeah. And yeah. how do you embrace it, right? How yeah. are you embracing it? Um, in your life, right? 
Yeah. Uh, see, now we're getting to the hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I think it's hard to embrace it outside of the uh, presence of God, in a sense. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, we can choose to have a good attitude, certainly. So there are things we can do and we are called to do, I think. Uh, but it is also knowing that cross is my purpose. So if I'm complaining about the cross and the trials and tribulations, I just complained about the purpose. And two days ago, I was complaining I didn't have a purpose. <laughs> so now I have one. I'm complaining about that. Too. Right? So I, I do think God leads us on a daily basis. It's not just in the big things in life, but in the yeah. on the in the small things. of. Uh, and I think the way that process works is this, is as we read the word of God, which he's given us, that's our basis. right? Uh, but there's someone responsible for reminding us of what we ought to do. And this person is the Holy Spirit. Right. And uh, it's the Holy Spirit's job to remind me of what I should do. It's not my job to remind him of what he should do. <laughs> right. And so, which is why I think uh, remaining in the word, uh, knowing it, learning it, being curious about it, wondering about it. It's not, I think, something to be followed uh, dogmatically without understanding the context of things. It is something to be curious about. Yes. Right. And in that process, the Holy Spirit reminds us of things and says, uh, and he, he moves us in certain directions, yes. but he only whispers. He doesn't yell, right? Exactly. So you've got to, <laughs> you've got to listen to the whisper, right? And you only hear the whisper when you're still. Right? Yes. Yeah. So we say, be still and know that I am God, God. right? Once we're still, I'll share something with you, which I hope you enjoy as much as I did. I certainly didn't invent it. I learned this. We cannot refer our identities in God. We cannot refer to ourselves without referring to God. And what I mean by that is this. If I say I'm happy, the words I use is I am happy or I am sad or I am busy, right? Any reference to me uses the words I am. Where have we heard that before? Well, when Moses met God in the middle of nowhere and asked him, who shall I say sent me? God says, I am who I am. And so I am was this name of God. And we, we it's, you know, it's converted into Yahweh and so on, right, in, in Hebrew. And, but that I am was the name of God. And Jesus uses that in the New Testament as well. And he, he tells the Jews, I'm, I'm, I was, uh, before Abraham was, I am. And they wanted to stone him because they realized he was making a claim to being God, right? And But we cannot refer to ourselves without referring to I am. It's core to our identity. Who are we? We are creations of God. That's our identity. It's not the fact that I'm, I'm Indian or I'm Christian or I am or you're South African and so on. The, the parts of our identity, but our core identity is what? I am a child of God, right? I'm a creational yeah. God. Thought of it that way. And so also, you know, we talk about the Bible. I have only just started reading the Bible. And for right. listeners, if you've never read the Bible, there's an easy way to do it. There is a Bible a Bible in One Year by Nikki Gumbel. It is an app that you download, and it's 20 minutes to 25 minutes every day. He goes through the Old Testament, the New Testament. There's prayer. There's explanation. And I've really enjoyed the journey. It's the oldest book 
in the world. Yes, no? yes. Right? The oldest yes. book in the world is the first one to be printed when Gutenberg uh, invented his printing press and uh, printed. The first book he printed was the Bible. And that was part of which surprisingly led to the scientific revolution because others were now able to read it for themselves and then start saying, wow, we have an intelligent God. And, you know, it goes on to all the other things I was talking about. I, I would absolutely recommend people to read on a daily basis. Uh, again, if you try and put aside an hour, it, it's never going to happen. Even if it's five minutes, that's a great thing. Yeah. You know, I will tell you the advice I got and how I, I made it into a habit. Uh, it's 31 days in a month usually, right? And uh, Proverbs has 31 chapters. So just pick the day you're around, go read <laughs> Proverbs and, and you get some great advice. Uh, my particular favorite is the book of John. Uh, where uh, and John was an eyewitness and he describes what he saw of Jesus and he describes uh, I mean those three years changed uh, civilization around and he he talks about it and that to me was the beauty of uh, the certainly the whole Bible but the New Testament and specifically is it's an eyewitness account there's four eyewitness accounts right and if I had any talent in uh, uh, making movies I would make one called CSI Jerusalem, because I would ex explore the resurrection, what happened those three days between the what? crucifixion yeah. and the resurrection, because yes. all of Christianity revolves around the resurrection of Christ, yes. right? And uh, and that is a historical event with eyewitnesses who gave historical evidence like they would in a court. And so it, give, uh, it gives people today an opportunity to go read that evidence. Yeah, yeah. I have two questions I want to ask you before before we close off and say right. our goodbyes is when I say what is the meaning of life what comes to mind for you I'd say that there is a a unique meaning that each one of us has and part of life is to understand that unique meaning and purpose that God has for us there is also a common one that we all have common one we have is for us to understand our relationship with God and and remain in that relationship and bask in that relationship. It, it's a life of joy. Uh, doesn't mean there isn't turmoil, but there's joy in the midst of the turmoil. Uh, the turmoil sometimes gives life meaning as well, right? It's it's yeah. a great source of meaning, though none of us want to volunteer for any more than <laughs> we, we have to take off, right? So there's a there's a common meaning to life, which is based on our relationship with God. Uh, there's a specific one as well, which I think is God guiding us to through what He wants us to do, and, and mine specifically, right? As as it stands today, has to do with loving my God with all my mind. Right. And then so which is the more scientific, uh, uh, deeper dive into God and, and how he works and and so on. And to be able to share it with others. Right. That, that's where I stand today. Yeah. So I'm not the only one he has a special purpose for. I think he has a special purpose for all of us. It's just that we don't ask the question, what is the special purpose? We don't spend time in his word. But if we did spend time in his word and let God lead us, then I, I believe he will lead us to that purpose. If you could teach everyone in the world one thing, what would it be? That in all things that we remain in God as our source. With that, I think things become very clear. Uh, our purpose becomes clear, how we do things, what we do, why we do things. All of that starts from one starting point, just like the universe started from one starting point. So in a sense, there's a big bang in our life. Uh, and that's the uh, developing that relationship. God leads to that. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you very much. This has been phenomenal. 
you've imparted such beautiful words of wisdom and given us lots to think about. So thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you and your time. Thank you, Paula. I, I think uh, it's been a great experience for me. And that's because of how uh, uh, you led me through this process. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the time you've given me. And uh, thanks for your listeners. And, and hopefully it adds something of value to them.